0: I'm John Aaron. The state greenlights a plan to get mobile sports betting up and running quickly in Maryland. I'm Sarah Jacobs. Protests rage in Iran. It's mostly
1: women that have taken to the streets after the death of a woman who had been arrested for nothing more than not covering her hair. We'll go in-depth at 810. The Dow Down 107. It's 8 o'clock. This is CBS News On The Hour.
2: Sponsored by Liberty Mutual Insurance.
3: I'm Jennifer Kuiper in Chicago. Category 4 Fiona is expected to pass close to Bermuda overnight. Meantime, CBS's Christian Beninavides with an update four days into Puerto Rico's recovery.
2: This Puerto Rican restaurant in Miami, many are concerned about this latest disaster to strike the island which comes five years after Hurricane Maria caused widespread damage and destruction there.
3: My heart is in, is destroyed in so many pieces right now.
2: Maritza Parilla says she wishes she could help her family members back home, still dealing with the aftermath. Thousands of homes, roads, and recreational areas have yet to be fixed. Cristian Benavides, CBS News, Miami.
3: The federal judge overseeing the case of the documents the FBI seized from Mar-a-Lago has revised her directive to the special master in light of a ruling last night from an appeals court panel. CBS's Stephen Portnoy. The
2: appeals court panel said the Justice Department can proceed with its criminal probe into the handling of roughly 100 documents marked classified and that those documents should not be part of the special master's review of whether they're either Trump's personal belongings or somehow protected by privilege. And CBS News has learned the criminal investigation into the handling of those documents is once again underway.
3: At least nine people have been killed in clashes between Iranian security forces and protesters. It comes after the death of an Iranian woman who was taken into police custody for wearing an Islamic head covering that was too loose. BBC
4: correspondent G.R. Gold. After the death of Mahsa Amini, many people in this small Kurdish town in western Iran, many women removed their headscarf and shouted, women, life, freedom. That slogan replicated across the country echoing in every corner of the country and we see in few days like wildfire spreading everywhere.
3: A Seattle area aviation specialist says Boeing is getting off easy as it settles another case related to two deadly plane crashes. KIRO's Diane Duthwiler. Boeing will pay $200 million to settle a case alleging misleading statements about the 737 MAX hurt investors. Leham aviation consultant Scott Hamilton says that's similar to the fine Boeing paid to end the government's criminal case.
2: The criminal related fine was $244 million which by my reckoning was just a slap on the wrist.
3: The security and Exchange Commission has been investigating if Boeing executives hid safety flaws from the FAA and investors who may have pulled their money if they knew. Diane Duthweiler for CBS News, Seattle. On Capitol Hill, CEOs of the nation's biggest banks are urged by Democrats to do more to protect their customers, while Republicans question whether banks should weigh in on hot-button social issues. This is CBS News.
2: Liberty Mutual customizes your car and home insurance so you only pay for what you need. Visit LibertyMutual.com to learn more.
1: 8.03 here on WTOP, Thursday night, September 22nd, 2022. College Park is at 70. We're down to the 50s and 40s. That'll happen overnight. Good evening, I'm Dimitri Sotis with the top local stories we're following this hour. The deadline for avoiding a federal government shutdown is now about a week away. As WTOP's Mitchell Miller reports, reaching a deal to keep the government running is getting more complicated. Here's the latest.
2: Virginia Senator Tim Kaine says he opposes a bill sponsored by fellow Democratic Senator Joe Manchin that would clear the way
1: for a pipeline in West Virginia. If that bill is attached to a continuing resolution to avoid a government shutdown, it's possible the spending measure wouldn't pass. Still, Kaine remains optimistic the matter will be worked out. There's a number of different options, but I'm just trying to be as clear as I can first to Senators Schumer and Mansion, that I've got concerns. Republicans oppose Mansion's bill as well. The deadline for averting a shutdown is next Friday. On Capitol Hill, Mitchell Miller, WTOP News. Could a new FBI headquarters be coming to Prince George's County? Metro may have just helped make that happen. The Metro Board has authorized
2: negotiations for a sale of up to 40 acres of land at the Greenbelt Metro Station if the site is selected for a new FBI HQ. But Metro Board Chair Paul Smedberg says they're not favoring one Site over another.
4: It's just simply responding to a, a request from uh, the GSA. Meanwhile, Metro's deputy chief safety officer said that
2: an investigation may not find a root cause of wheel issues on its troubled rail cars. GM Randy Clark adds, "What I'm okay with is guaranteeing that we have a safety assurance process that, regardless of root cause, these trains are safe." John
1: Aaron, WTOP News. Now that sports wagering is legal in Maryland, there's a big appetite for mobile betting. The people in charge of approving the licenses have come up with a way to try to speed things along.
4: We all know that that the public is clamoring to get sports betting. We get comments about why hasn't it launched yet every day.
0: Well, they're going to have to wait until at least next month. The deadline for mobile sportsbook license applications is October 21st. The commission that awards the licenses has agreed to award them on a rolling basis, as long as they don't exceed the limit of 60. James Nielsen with the Maryland Lottery and Gaming Control Agency.
4: If we don't get 60 applications, anyone that submits a timely and acceptable application may be awarded a license.
0: Applicants already licensed for in-person betting could move along more quickly in the process than an applicant starting from scratch, preventing a bottleneck.
4: One applicant could hold up the entire industry from starting.
0: Sarah Jacobs, WTOP News.
4: Hi-ya, hi-ya, hi-ya. Hi-ya, hi-ya.
1: It's almost time for some soccer, some World Cup soccer. This is called Haya Haya or Better Together, from the soundtrack to the 2022 World Cup. It kicks off in about two months in Qatar. Soccer fans here in the States are going to need to stay up a little late to watch all the action due to the seven-hour time difference. The D.C. Council hopes to make it easier. It's passed an emergency measure allowing bars, restaurants, and breweries here in the nation's capital to stay open 24 hours a day during the month-long tournament. They will, however, have to pause their alcohol service between the hours of 4 a.m. and 6 a.m., a sobriety halftime, 4 a.m. to 6 a. The U.S. kicks off its World Cup campaign against Wales on November 21st, 2 p.m. local time. Hey, hey, we go. we're it is 8.06 on WTOP, and we're about to get more serious as we discuss the massive protests in Iran. What is happening there? The past week or so. Stay with us on WTOP.
5: Hi, I'm Katie DePaulo for Long Baths. My great grandfather founded the Long Legacy over seven decades ago with reliability, value, and quality in mind. Long Baths can change the look of your old bathroom in as little as one day with a beautiful custom made tub or shower. The possibilities are endless. Expert installation to easy financing, Long does it all. Arrange a free estimate today at longbaths.com. Here's Ross Fard, an ICAM subject matter expert at CISA on the CISO Handbook Discussion, sponsored by CyberArk. That is one of the real
3: important
2: aspects of implementing a zero-trust architecture, is it's information-informed decisions you make continuously about your environment, who's accessing your environment, what they're getting access to.
3: And that changes all the time. Listen to the entire discussion on Federal News Network. Search Cloud Exchange. As the global leader in privileged access management, a critical layer of IT security, CyberArk protects data, infrastructure and assets across the enterprise, in the cloud and throughout the DevOps pipeline. CyberArk delivers the industry's most complete solution, helping federal agencies meet today's challenging security and compliance requirements. And CyberArk is trusted by the world's leading organizations, including more than 50% of the Fortune 500, to protect against external attackers and malicious insiders. Visit CyberArk.com to learn more. That's C-Y-B-E-R-A-R-K.com.
1: 808. Slow or clogged drains? Call Michael and Son and get $100 off a train cleaning today. Traffic and weather on the eights, and when it breaks, Rich Hunter in the traffic center. All
2: right, one of our listeners checking in southbound on the Baltimore Washington Parkway just before the exit for the inner loop of the beltway. That's the second exit southbound. Uh, had a mattress dropped in the left lane, so again, stay right to get by. Uh, just gave a heads up to the U.S. Park Police, so hopefully they can get out there and get that cleared away again. Southbound Baltimore Washington Parkway just before the exit for the inner loop of the beltway. Mattress in the left lane. Beyond that, Parkway looks good. Headed down into the district. Uh, northbound side, volume is pretty much eased up, getting to the beltway and even north of the beltway, headed up toward Laurel and beyond, a much better ride. Uh, Montgomery County, long-standing crash at last report, still had Roby Road closed near Briggs-Cheney Road. Montgomery County police on scene there. Over on the Bay Bridge, the bridge remains under wind warnings, uh, but no vehicle restrictions. Three lanes westbound, two lanes eastbound. 301 southbound down in Charles County in La Plata between Rosewick Road and Port Tobacco Road. Single file left past the work tonight. And staying on 301, if you're headed into Virginia, across the nice Middleton Bridge, they're setting up the work zone again on the Virginia side of the span uh, between the bridge and Dahlgren. They're going to be alternating traffic one direction at a time to that work zone. 95 Northbound in Virginia as you approach U.S. 17 Falmouth. The crash cleared from the roadway and delays are finally beginning to ease headed north of Fredericksburg into Stafford County. Visit FitzMall.com to find a safe used car. Fitzgerald has hundreds of cars, trucks, and SUVs next to a new car. Fitzway used car is best. Visit FitzMall.com today. Rich Hunter,
1: WTOB traffic. Storm Team 4's Amelia Draper.
0: Clear and chilly out there on this Thursday night with lows in the upper 40s to low 50s and winds gusting up to 30, even 40 miles an hour. It stays breezy, even windy at times tomorrow with gusts up to 30 miles an hour and Highs only in the 60s, so feeling very much like fall. We do have plenty of sun in the forecast on your Friday. Mostly sunny on Saturday, with highs in the upper 60s to mid-70s. We warm to around 80 on Sunday, with some showers possible. I'm Storm Team 4 meteorologist Amelia Draper.
1: Rockville at 62, Ashburn 64, District Heights 71. And we're not exaggerating when it's uh, we're saying that it's going to be rather shockingly cold tonight compared to our summer temperatures. We could be down to the upper 40s in some suburbs later tonight. Brought to you by Long Fence. Save 15% on Long Fence decks, pavers, and fences. Go to longfence.com today and schedule your free in-home estimate. It's 8:11. They are being called some of the most daring displays of defiance the Iranian government has ever seen. <laughs> Protests have erupted nationwide in Iran after last week's death of a woman who had been detained by Iran's morality police for supposedly violating the nation's hijab law, which mandates that women cover their hair. The Iranian government claims 22-year-old Masa Amini died of a heart attack while in custody. Her father tells the BBC he doesn't believe that. The medical report was full of lies. The doctor told me they would report whatever they liked.
2: I went to the medical office a couple of times. They didn't let me in.
1: The father speaking through an interpreter. Human rights groups say that as of yesterday, at least nine protesters have been killed. Joining us now to discuss this is Benham Ben-Talablu. He's a senior fellow at the Foundation for Defense of Democracies. Very much like if you're daring enough to take to the streets in Russia to protest the war, Benham, would you say it's the same type of really amazing courage here to take to the streets in Iran? Uh, You can be badly hurt or even killed.
4: Oh, my goodness, uh, indeed. And I think the parallel goes a bit deeper because this is certainly not the first protest where Iranians have showcased their bravery. Uh, they're outgunned and outmanned by a regime that's invested heavily in their security forces, stratified, layered them. There's at least three or four sets of vigilante groups that support paramilitaries, military forces, as well as police forces who have been brutally repressing uh, protesters in this iteration of protests, as well as protests that we saw that were triggered by uh, food price hikes uh, earlier this May. It's really been a longstanding trend of the regime using overt violence uh, since 2017 when protesters move their chance away from reform and towards revolution.
1: We have seen some women uh, tossing off or removing their hijabs, stepping on them, burning them, and they also, in some cases, have been cutting their hair in public during the demonstrations. I think what's being done to the hijabs is pretty self-explanatory—the message they're sending. But what about cutting their hair? What what is the meaning of that?
4: It's also a kind of a one-upsmanship, or here, if you will, because the point of the the hijab laws is to cover all hair but apparently if there is no hair then there is no need to cover it so it's it's kind of a a pushing back against the uh, innate what some have called gender apartheid that exists in the islamic republic's laws and the institutionalized discrimination that iranian women have been dealing with for four plus decades now in that country Uh, so there are gender dynamics to it there are social dynamics to it there are religious dynamics to it but ultimately all of these grievances are coming together man and woman, to push back against the regime because there is a massive chasm in that country between state and society, and as triggered by the latest killing, the killing of Masaruhi, a 22-year-old woman from Iran's Kurdish province, the city of Sapez. She was simply visiting Tehran. It was yet another straw that broke the camel's back, driving everybody to this brink. Women have burned hijabs before. Uh, They've put videos of them on social media. Uh, removing their hijabs before but again this is taking it to the next level and it tells you one thing this certainly isn't the end of it
1: do you think this is different this time i mean the the autocratic governments that we observe around the world have a tendency to try to put down this kind of dissent and and in their view anyway get back to normal
4: So this is a a tried-and-true tactic for the regime, but the problem is as much as protesters learn from the kind of support they may or may not get from the international community, uh, as well as what red lines they can push at home, the regime too learns what methods of oppression works. And starting really in November 2019 with the protests that ended up uh, killing what Reuters has said was over 1,500 people, that's based on sources they had inside Iran, the regime has complemented uh, the military crackdown at home with a crackdown in cyberspace and national or localized internet blackouts. So if you may remember, the Washington Post has this slogan, democracy dies in the darkness. Well, since 2019, it's been the Iranian people that have been dying in the darkness. And they desperately need communications and telecommunications support to keep to get, getting their messages out there because the regime is doing a clampdown both on the street and in cyberspace.
1: I'm sorry to ask for a quick history lesson and only to give you a few seconds to answer, but I happened to see a couple of photographs last night from Iran in the 70s. One was of a wedding and another was just some people going about their business in an office, and I didn't see any women wearing hijabs. So is this only like a 40 to 50 year time period that this has been enforced in this way?
4: Oh, indeed. Well, there's been a regime change through the revolution that happened on in, in February 1979. It did away with almost three millennia, two and a half millennia of monarchy in Iran, and the Islamic Republic was created by uh, the founding father of that revolution, Ayatollah Khomeini, who rode in on a pretty wide platform, communists, Marxists, leftists, some you know nationalists, uh, but ultimately uh, has narrowed the space in Iran's authoritarian system, uh, made enmity with America, enmity with Israel, enmity towards women, the, the mandatory wearing of the hijab, part and parcel of its foreign and domestic policy. And uh, really, no matter what president has come and gone in Iran, the fact that there have only been two supreme leaders eh, – <clears throat> And this kind of Islamist authoritarianism at home uh, means that uh, the people who've borne the brunt of these policies are the people inside that country, and in particular, the women. So it's been a sea change, really, since the pictures you mentioned in the 70s. And uh, one know really wishes all, all the people uh, fighting on the street uh, in Iran. The women, uh, the men, uh, there was even reports of a child, a 10-year-old child that was shot uh, in Iran's western Kurdish provinces by security forces. Our thoughts and prayers are really with them.
1: Thank you very much, Benham Ben Talablu, Senior Fellow at the Foundation for Defense of Democracy.
4: Sports at 15 and 45, powered by Red River. Technology decisions
3: aren't black and white. Think red.
1: We are glad, even though a little late, to get to Rob Woodfork. Hey, man, it's all right. Better late than never, right? Uh, Virginia Tech trails West Virginia 3 nothing. We uh, just actually wrapped up the first quarter. A victory for the Hokies, though. They halted a 14-play, 92-yard drive by the Mountaineers, kept them out of the end zone. The uh, Cleveland Browns and Pittsburgh Steelers uh, just kicking off. The winner of this game holds first place in the AFC North, at least through the weekend. Up in Baltimore, the injury-riddled Ravens, adding Jason Pierre-Paul to bolster the pass rush for that last-ranked defense in the league. Rob Woodfork, WTOP Sports. Top stories we're following for you tonight on WTOP. Now just a week away from a government shutdown deadline and a bill for a West Virginia pipeline would put a funding deal at risk if it's attached to the main package. But Virginia Democratic Senator Tim Kaine tells WTOP he thinks it'll all be worked out. The special master overseeing the Mar-a-Lago documents investigation has more demands for former President Trump's lawyers. The judge is now asking them to support their accusations with evidence that the FBI may have planted evidence at the property during their search last month. With inflation hitting us especially hard at the supermarket, the Pentagon now takes steps to help service members buy affordable food. DOD is lowering the prices at commissaries. Stay with us on WTOP for more about these stories in minutes. Next, we're off to Rich Hunter with traffic and weather on the 8th. And when it breaks, he's in the traffic center. All right, still some
2: lingering delays. Sapound 95 in Virginia as you head across the Occoquan, passing 123. But beyond that better... Continuing south as far south as Fredericksburg, northbound side of 95, Uh, delays have begun to ease, finally headed up toward U.S. 17 Falmouth. The crash completely wrapped up and cleared, nothing left to look at there. If you're traveling on the Virginia Beltway, uh, okay so far, but keep in mind, uh, beginning around 11 o'clock tonight, scheduled to do some maintenance openings at the Woodrow Wilson Bridge which means they'll stop traffic in both directions. But again, waiting on uh, on word from the bridge folks that they are going to do that indeed tonight. So we will let you know as soon as we hear. Uh, Beltway in Maryland, Montgomery and Prince George's counties for now without issue. Setting up the work, 270 Southbound near 85 Bucky's Town Pike. Once that's fully in place, you'll get by. Single file to left. Southbound Baltimore, the Parkway just before you get down to the Beltway. And Greenbelt did have a mattress dropped in the left lane. Parkway's sending someone out there to take care of that. Uh, if you're traveling in uh, Virginia, heads up, 66 eastbound at the exit that takes you to the Outer of the Beltway on that off-ramp. Uh, there is one vehicle stopped in the right lane, no help as of yet. Uh, but Virginia State Police did dispatch a trooper out there, so hopefully they'll get out there and give him a hand. Uh, for now, be very careful. He's in the right lane of the two that take you to the Outer Loop of the Beltway from 66 eastbound. Rich Hunter, WTW Traffic. Storm Team 4, four-day
1: forecast. We're going to Amelia Draper.
0: Today's rain has exited the area with a cold front that's now to our east. We have stronger winds out there and cooler temperatures. Winds gusting up to 30, even 40 miles an hour. And overnight lows falling into the upper 40s to low 50s. So a chilly start tomorrow morning and a cool day overall with highs in the 60s and winds gusting up to 30 miles an hour. Upper 60s to mid-70s on Saturday. We warm to around 80 on Sunday with some showers possible. I'm Storm Team 4 Meteorologist Amelia Draper.
1: Manassas is at 66, Metro Center 70, Frederick 66, and with the first night of fall coming very soon, just next hour officially, we're going down to the 40s overnight, 50s and 40s. We're brought to you by New Look Home Design. Pay for half of your new roof later and half never. Coming up on WTOP.
2: Even teens who support the curfew
1: in Prince George's say more needs to happen. I'm John Dome, and Stay with us a while tonight on WTOP at 820.
5: Need new appliances? Be sure to get to Bray & Scarf for our incredible one-day sale. This Saturday only, September 24th. Get amazing appliance savings in-store and online with next day and two-day delivery on in-stock bestsellers. Buy more, save more on select GE Profile and Cafe Packages with exclusive double rebates. Plus, free basic installation on select monogram appliances. Bray & Scarf is the area's number one local and independent appliance retailer. That means number one savings and number one service. We give you the absolute lowest prices with our best price guarantee. And factory trained appliance experts ready to answer all your questions and give you the personal attention you deserve. Shop local and save now during the Bray & Scarf one day appliance sale this Saturday only, September 24th. Visit any of Bray & Scarf's convenient locations or shop online at BrayAndScarf.com, where it doesn't cost more to get more.
1: It's 8-21. Regency's biggest ever. This Saturday and Sunday, it's Regency Furniture's total warehouse liquidation at the world's largest furniture outlet in Waldorf, Maryland. Over $47 million of furniture inventory will be cleared out to the bare walls. Regency must liquidate everything this weekend. All top name brands have been discounted up to 80% off. Living rooms, dining rooms, bedrooms, and mattresses at massive price reductions hurry early bird special start at 8 a.m saturday regency's total warehouse liquidation in waldorf this weekend a complete picture of the battle space in seconds when every second
2: counts that is the power of jad c2 joint all domain command and control Raytheon Intelligence in Space puts that power in the hands of warfighters, connecting and fusing data from satellites, aircraft, ships, ground vehicles, and across cyberspace, making sense of it, securing it, and providing decision-makers with the information they need to act across
1: any domain and against any challenge.
2: Raytheon Intelligence in Space. Visit rtx.com slash ris. This is WTOP News.
1: Eight twenty two. 22 the teen curfew in Prince George's County has gotten a lot of attention, but not much in the way of fines and citations. Teenagers affected by it say real solutions need to extend deeper.
2: Test scores show that post-pandemic learning loss is real, and some teens think providing school systems with more resources might help reverse the spike in youth crime. Because they're not being engaged, that's leading to them to participate in other activities. They just need something to do. 15-year-old Jordan Houchins is from Upper Marlboro. Like, the school and the, like, community centers nearby should give, like, more structured activities. Being a teen, one of the main things that you're supposed to focus on during the day is education. 15-year-old Jaden Libby Gonzaga and his friend 14-year-old Shalomaya Griffiths Johnson of Bowie suggest to improve that focus. There was a way to have more individualized
1: attention. I think that it would really help considering that some kids just don't have that. John Dome in WTOP News. New tonight on WTOP, 89% of Virginia schools earned full accreditation for the 22-23 school year. That's according to the state's Department of Education. In the 2019-2020 school year, 92% of schools were fully accredited. Accreditation was waived the last two years due to the pandemic. Schools are evaluated in several categories, including academic achievement, achievement gaps, student engagement, and outcomes. A school's accreditation status is tied to funding. In a statement, State Superintendent Jillian Balow with Virginia says the school ratings fail to capture the extent of the crisis facing schools and students. We will review the accreditation status for area schools and bring you more information as we get it. The mental health care field needs more social workers. And in D.C., there's now a proposal that aims to address the shortage.
3: How about free tuition, free books, a monthly stipend for living expenses and transportation? The district's proposed Pathways to Behavioral Health Degrees Act of 2022 would provide all that to students seeking a master's of social work degree at the University of the District of Columbia. People already holding bachelor's degrees would be eligible. The measure just introduced in the D.C. Council appears to stand a good chance of passing the council. It has nine co-sponsors on a board sitting 13. Christy King, WTOP News. What ways or what
1: Methods can be used in Virginia in Arlington County. Developers trying to improve affordable housing, and a new report is detailing all of that. It comes from the Joint Subcommittee on the Status of Aging Properties. It was developed in response to longstanding problems at one apartment complex. The report urges Arlington County to provide free mold testing to tenants, increase the frequency of inspections, make it easier for residents to support their housing issues, and make it easier for them to find affordable units. The document could be presented to the Arlington County Board, as soon as next month. It's 8.25. Money News 25 and 55 and Steve Dresner. Gaithersburg-based Novavax saw a sharp decline of nearly 13.5% today as the vaccine maker was downgraded to underweight by J.P. Morgan. Part of the reason for the sudden decline involves the dwindling demand for COVID-19 vaccines. On the Nasdaq, Novavax finished trading at just under $22.5 a share. Another rough ride across the board on Wall Street today the dow was down 107 the s p 500 was off 31 and the nasdaq fell 153. steve Dresner, wtop news tokyo stocks down half a percent south korea's cost be a quarter percent lower australia is down half a percent we've only got about a week to go before the government shuts down members of congress are facing some obstacles as they try to avert that shutdown Mitchell Miller on Capitol Hill will have the latest.
4: Hey, it's Jack Taylor. You've heard me talking about the new standard in five-star senior living coming to Gaithersburg, the Carnegie at Washingtonian Center. They're inviting you to join them at the Lakewood Country Club Ballroom in Rockville on September 29th for a
1: free author presentation, book signing and luncheon featuring Steve Gillen, New York Times best-selling author of The Pact, Bill Clinton, Newt Gingrich, and the rivalry that defined a generation, and America's reluctant prince, the life of John F. Kennedy Jr. Space is limited.
2: Be sure sure to register today at